0: A woman's body in the grave. They were entwined, the camouflage trousers and blue jeans, the tunic arms and the grey windcheater arms. They were against each other, the skulls of a young man and young woman. The Canadian crouched above them with a flashlight. The chest of the man was wrapped in stained bandages. The professor understood. All the bodies of the men showed the marks of combat, bullet holes shrapnel gouges, field amputations. They had been wounded and left behind. He looked down into the swollen and decayed face of the young woman, where the putrefaction had started, but not gone so far as to hide the killing wound. There was a bullet entry above the right ear. The throat had been cut. There was a bludgeon wound across the nose. They were all killing wounds. "'Sorry to hurry you, Professor.' the Canadian pleaded. We ought to get the hell out. He realized then that all the light he had been working to had been from the torch held by the Canadian. He took his photographs, made the necessary notes, then they prized the stinking corpses apart and lifted them out of the pit. Bent under the weight, they loaded the eleven body bags through the tail doors of the two Cherokee jeeps. They drove away. In the ruined village, the Cherokee swerved round a burnt-out car, a collapsed farm cart. Then they were on the metalled road and going hard towards Gleena and the Sisak crossing point through the front line. She sat at the far end of the cabin and stayed in her seat until the plane was empty. She was tall and had the look and elegance of a woman who was used to being noticed. Dark hair, well cut and short, pearls at her throat, a titian-colored blouse, and a deep green skirt that covered her knees. The hostess came up the empty aisle, and she began to collect her possessions, a handbag, a raincoat, and a single red rose. She looked through the portal window and saw the low gray cloud and the puddles on the tarmac. The hostess offered a hand and help, and her eyes showed sympathy. The woman laid her hand quickly on the hostess's arm to show her gratitude. She could cope, The concern was unnecessary, but appreciated. There was an official from the airport authority at the hatch of the aircraft. He had no smile, no anodyne small talk. She followed him down the steep staircase, onto the apron. The handlers had already started to unload the baggage. A young woman from customs edging towards her, unsure, pushing the documentation. She signed, then waited, statue still, until there were no more suitcases coming down from the cargo hatch. The men from the hearse moved forward. The coffin was of gray metal, heavy and awkward to lift clear. She stepped forward and laid the rose on the coffin's lid. The wind came fiercer off the tarmac, and she walked beside the coffin with her fingers steadying the rose until they were sheltered by the hearse. Mary Braddock had brought her daughter... Her Dory, home. I said we could go out and get something. She wouldn't hear of it. She was into her kitchen and putting it all together. She's strong. She's a grand woman. Arnold, it's a facade. She'd been weeping, the poor darling, all the way home. I couldn't go with her, you know that. The contract is eleven million sterling. It's got to be in the day after tomorrow, damn, the little bitch. I married Mary, not her bloody daughter. Charles Braddock's hideaway, what he called his snug, was at the bottom of the acre of garden behind the Elizabethan manor house. There was power in the hut for a fridge and a space for a cabinet. Alongside, a stout stile in the boundary fence provided his neighbor access. It was the way of things that when Arnold climbed over the stile and took the offered drink, Charles Braddock, would do most of the talking. God, she was impossible. If she hadn't been Mary's girl, I tell you what, I would have said bloody good riddance. Best you don't, Charles. Not many medals to be won there. Charles Braddock passed the Scotch. He valued Arnold. He thought of him as sensible and calm. Charles, a senior partner in a practice handling major architectural projects, country hopping for business, taking home a minimum of three hundred thousand a year, found from Arnold a patience.